right, I want to welcome you back into another episode of the Idea Collision. I've been off for a week with Memorial Day last week. I didn't figure too many people grilling were going to be watching my podcast. So, so we're back in uh, after a little break, and we are going to be continuing our discussion of contradictions, and specifically the contradictions of the younger generations. I, I want to make sure that I, I, I kind of say this every time, and I I do it because I, I want it to be emphasized, especially for those who might be joining me for a first time, that um, when, when I say the younger two generations, I mean the two following mine, uh, and which, which makes it sound like, you know, I'm just a typical old person uh, criticizing people who are younger, but, but I'm a Gen Xer, um, so uh, born in the 70s, and, and so that means I'm talking, we're, we're talking a lot about the, the millennials and Gen Z. Uh, with uh, what they, I guess, can call, they've run out of letters in the English alphabet, so now they're going to switch to the Greek alphabet and start over, and they call it Gen Alpha, uh, being the youngers, the really youngers, uh, and they don't really have, you know, any trends to to speak of yet. So, uh, we're the reason I'm not talking about my own contradictions is for a number of reasons we've discussed. One is is the younger you are, the more likely you are to change. Um, and it's uh, it's not that my generations are without contradictions. We've discussed some of those, um, and and we have plenty of our own. Um, but younger generations are more likely to make big changes, right? Uh, and and the reason is because the the more entrenched a belief is, or an idea, or whatever whatever the the I, the, the thing is in your life, the older you are, the likely the longer you've had it, and it, it's more a part of your identity. So, with an idea, uh, the the an idea being a part of your identity for a long period of time, it it. it you have to give up yourself to change it. You have to say, I personally am wrong. It's not just, you, if you're younger, it's it's something you were taught. It's something someone instilled with you. You you can kind of, you know, you're, you're still in this exploring stage where you're saying, you know, I, I don't really agree with that person. So it's not really giving up yourself. So it's easier to do. So we see these types of big idea changes uh, in younger people, the the older you get, the more entrenched they are, and and so it's it's harder for people to do that. Uh, and, and by my age, you you're really attached to those. So so that's the first I would say, the first thing. The second thing is it's just basically a practical observation of uh, of humanity and of of generations. Is that uh, the reason I'm in terms of the reason I'm doing this is the younger that you are, the more likely you are to be consuming material this way um, through a podcast. You know, there's not too many baby boomers on podcasts or, or even Gen Xers would be more likely, but but mostly it's millennials and Gen Z that, that consume um, information this way. So so it makes sense to talk to those people through the, the media platform that they like. Uh, so that's why uh, that's why we're talking to millennials or about millennials and Gen Z. So I want to talk about go back to uh, uh, the discussion of contradictions, and some people link that to hypocrisy. They're not necessarily connected, but they're just contradictions. 
uh, things that we say, maybe we don't do. It doesn't have to be from a malicious standpoint, which would be hypocrisy, but um, it's just, you know, we, we've started doing things this way, and then I, in a different area of life, I have a different idea, and it, they don't always mesh. And I want to look at two words that that you'll see talked about a lot when we talk about the younger two generations. They're very into these words. And the first one is substance, right? a very big word for millennials and for Gen Z. That's a good word. Uh, substance. Do, they like things of substance. Um, and to look at their value of substance, we have to look at what they're reacting to. Uh, which would be my generation and the previous generations. So uh, millennials are children of um, probably the later, uh, the later baby boomers, early, very early Gen Xers. Uh, and Gen Z are pretty exclusively kids of uh, Gen Xers, myself, uh, our generation. And and so we have to look at what they're reacting to, to 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 get an idea. So my generation, we call the MTV generation, and we'll talk about MTV in just a second. Uh, but uh, we, if it was shiny, we we, we were kind of like raccoons. If it was shiny, we liked it, you know. It, and that was the way to our heart was was through something shiny. We were very much about the packaging of things. The more gaudy it was, you know, the bigger, the flashier. That's what we liked, and and to a lot of people that had no substance, you know, if if you were a child of that, and you saw that, that might you might have a reaction to it. It, it might have felt fake to you. So so they a lot of them want things of substance. Okay, so that's that generation. Um, uh, you know, Dire Straits did a song that was uh, supposed to criticize this uh, there, there's a number of songs actually um but but dire straits was, uh, was a, a song that was supposed to criticize this uh and ended up being kind of one of the the songs that was an anthem for the 80s in terms of this this materialism or consumerism whatever they call it uh but called money for nothing and and, uh, and it was in uh, the line is I I want my MTV and and all the all the stuff that money can get you and and, and people were like yeah I like that that it really it was supposed to critique us but we were apparently too lost in our gaudiness to, to the 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 critique was lost on us so uh, we we kind of like yes that was a, that's a great that's a great idea um, another interesting trend um, to look at and this more would go to the uh, to the baby boomers, but another trend has been uh, to to notice how many country clubs uh, are dying or are on sale for cheap or wanting somebody to come in and purchase them. Uh, I remember it, working in the nineties, uh, and I, re I I just remember discussions, and I remember Tiger Woods getting uh, be becoming famous as a golfer during during my time in college. And uh, he was like a 17-year-old kid, and he was good. And, and there was this controversy in the very, very early 90s still, which is surprising that we had to have this controversy in the 90s, but uh, about whether a black, uh, the, the best black or best golfer who was black uh, was going to be allowed in some country clubs. 
And, and there were country clubs that were like, I don't know. We've had this rule in place for a long time. It's a white-only club. And it's like, yeah, but so you're telling me that the best golfer in in the world can't come into your club. And, and so, so slowly and surely, like, he became this impetus for change in a lot of things. And, uh, and the, the change was slow. And, uh, and, and I don't know if that's a part of the decline, but it, it looked contradictory to them. They didn't like this idea. Uh, so there, there was, it was so out of touch with culture, what culture, sh- you know, the rest of culture was, but it was, they were so far behind, not just in the racial aspect. That was a part of it. It was a significant part of it, but they were just out of touch with reality, period. And that, the idea of, country clubs in and of themselves it was a, such a status thing where where you have all these people with with massive loads of money and didn't know what to do with it and and so they were trying to feel i, I don't know not justified but significant in their wealth and and wanting something to do with it that made them feel you know, fulfilled or or whatever it was. I'm not sure what feeling it was. It's it's really hard to define. But so they started buying things that that would make them, you know, attempt to attain this this feeling that they're hoping for. So they're buying yachts and they're be, oh, what can we do that makes us, you know, we're in the top one percent. We want to feel like we're in the top one percent. What we'll do something that's only top one percent, and that's. Well, well, we'll get a club together, and this is, goes back generations and generations. We'll be in a country club where only we can go, and we can sit around and 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 talk about how elite we are, and uh, or whatever else goes beyond behind those doors. I don't know. Uh, I will never know. So, so, so they wanted they wanted to be feel have this feeling of significance, and so the younger generations have not really cared about that there's no substance to it so that it, so all of a sudden as those people die off or too old to go golfing it's it's because it's not that young people don't like golf i now i personally hate golf but um but young millennials like golf they just they'll go rent some you know or uh pay for whatever go and rent some equipment do whatever and they'll go and they'll spend an afternoon golfing, and then they're done. They don't want to go inside and and have the fancy sandwiches. You know that that they just don't want to pay for that. They don't want to be a part of that. They just want to go around the golf course and leave. So it's just this out of touch thing. It was a lack of substance. So um, these are the older people's toys, and my uh, my generation's toys look different. And so a related word then. <coughs> that you'll hear a lot is, and we're probably going to spend more time talking about this word, but they're, they're connected, is the word authentic or authenticity. And um, now when we talk about authenticity, and, and you, if you Google authenticity, you're going to see you know, a reference likely to millennials, maybe Gen Z, uh, a little less, but millennials big on this word. And a lot of the people link their love of authenticity to their idealism as young people. But that's not, I don't think they're connected. Uh, because young people have always been idealistic. Gen X was idealistic. Baby boomers, I mean, go back and look at the, the, at the flower power and the rebellion of, you know, everything. 
that was idealism. It's the ideals change from generation to generation, but but young people are always idealistic, and the reason for that is because it, it's not that they become uh, contradictory. You know, it's not the contradiction or hypocrisy from to saying, "Well, you were idealistic when you were young. Why aren't you now?" It's, it, a lot of that has to do with the fact that idealism is is what the world would be if I could make it a perfect world. And then you realize that you can't as you age. You you learn the math of the situation and and you see why it's not practical and and that's when you start to change your ideals. That has nothing to do with authenticity. Authenticity as a, a thing now, specifically now in these younger generations, uh, I wanna look at why, maybe a little bit, but but and and actually even more than that, focus on the contradiction within themselves. So uh, why perhaps I don't know. It, it has to do with seeing and growing up with the pretentiousness of of their parents, my generation and the older generations. And um, you know, they they saw how we were in public and how we were in private. And and you know, if you grew up. A lot of times I like to throw in the the religious examples of this because, to me, this is one of the downfalls when when you see a growing irreligious world, an unchurched world, as they say. A lot of that has to do with the contradictions and hypocrisy of our generation as Christians. And, uh, you know, and I do this, I'm guilty of this. Uh, being one way, and, I, and I'm a preacher, so so you're you're one way. Even in the car on the way to church, you know your kids are yelling, whatever, and uh, and you're trying to calm down, and you're getting irate, and then you pull into the parking lot, and everyone's upset with each other, and what do we do? We get out and we put on our church face and we walk in, and it and it's just not authentic. And they and they see this, and they, they're like. These are two different worlds, and they hate that. They want something. They crave something that looks authentic. Uh, so, <coughs> um, that is that. That's the cause of, or one of the causes, is seeing seeing these two different worlds. What authentic is? It, it's not that to me. I don't think it's that authenticity has changed or desires changed. I think a lot of it is just that the technology has changed. You know, if, if you Google. Um, millennials and authenticity, those words, you are likely to come up with a website that is discussing brands. You know, it's discussing, a lot of it is is discussing how companies and product can position their products to be attractive to millennials and Gen Z consumers. And, uh, and, and which is kind of funny because it's like the there's a story that I I heard I remember hearing uh, it's it's an anecdote it's not a story but but there's two um, two politicians an old guy and a, a young guy who's just just won an election he's he's going into to Congress or whatever for the first time and and so he attaches himself to this older successful politician longtime career politician. And uh, and he asks, you know, what is the secret? That was such a hard election. My first one, I finally won. And, uh, and he's like, what's the what's the secret to staying? I, how do you, how do you do that? And the the, the old politician, he, he says, well, you know, really, it's about you. You've got to be genuine with people, 
And as soon as you can learn how to fake that, you're going to have a long career here. So, you know, and that's, that's a lot. You know, here's how to position your product or your company to be appealing to people who want authenticity. Well, that's essentially what's happening is, is learning how to be fake. Uh, and, and so this frustration become is you know all over the internet because no one seems to know how to define authenticity, uh, and so by default it ends up going to well you have to support all of these particular agendas, and uh, and so people are, end up supporting things that they don't even believe in, and you know they don't believe in it, and here's how you can see. And and we're seeing this really in real time in uh, in, in the news around you if you pay attention to the news. Um, and that is that okay. So so the company says uh, they they do some promotional advertising or whatever it is, and and they they throw agenda stuff in their advertising. Well, what's the next thing that happens? Now all of a sudden, they learn that a, there's a group of people that really don't like that advertisement. They really don't like that thing that changed that whatever there's a reaction to it and it, it doesn't make a difference if you start here and go this way or start here and go that way there, there's 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 this positioning i'm going to position myself towards this thing because oh, we should do this and then all of a sudden they, they get resistance and what do they do immediately someone gets fired oh we we don't know what happened. That guy was he was uh, he was rogue and and this advertising campaign. We don't know what what happened. So then there's retractions, there's apologies, and then there's then there'll be a advertising of, of some sort of positioning that looks exactly opposite. Within a two week span, you'll see oh uh, you know we had we were positioning to to do this, and now the advertisement will look like they're you know setting up to to, to try to impress the exact opposite group of people. Well. This is the definition of not being authentic. But the first one was was there to, to try to show how authentic they are. Well, that means that they've never been authentic if they'll make that change that quick. And if we will make a change that quick, then it, it's obvious that, that there's nothing authentic. There's nothing of substance. If you have something of substance, it doesn't move. Right? It, 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 if you have something that's, you know, if you have a beach ball, you know, uh, it moves pretty easy. You just tap it and it's gone. Try doing that with a bowling ball, right? There's a lot of substance in a bowling ball. It doesn't move that easy. So uh, it, it, if you have real substance, you don't move that quick from one, you know, side of the pendulum to another in that short time span because it's like, no, these are real values to me. I'm not going to change. I don't care. Uh, so there's, there's no substance in a lot of the things that they're pushing because it's all about positioning. It's about trying to pretend you're genuine. So um, they they have, really what they have is an ideal of authenticity. What 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 young people have is this, this idea that they would like to be authentic. The idea of authenticity appeals to them, but, but it's not really, uh, it's not really something that, that they exude. Really what's happened is that the technology has changed. The unauthenticity really is the same. And uh, the, the character that of, of not being genuine is the same in all generations because it's not a generational problem, really. It's a, it's a human problem. Authenticity is a human problem, or lack thereof. 
not a generational one. So it's, it's not something we can just say, oh, they're just, these young generations, they're just so unauthentic. No, they're humans, and so they're unauthentic. Uh, we all put on the face. The technology has changed. Um, and, and so where they perform their camouflage is on social media. You know, with us, we were camouflaged with the products we bought and dressed things up and, you know, and, and tried, you know, we wore ourselves literally, you know, what, whatever it was that we were trying to uh, trying to impress people with, we, we literally wore it. They wear it out on, on Facebook and, and on, on whatever, the younger you are, the different, you know, the different platforms you're on. Uh, so, um, <clears throat> my, my son, uh, came home. Now, now there's a new app, new one, you know, there's, a, there's, there's too many of them and I don't like any of them, but, uh, but one called be real which is supposed to kind of make you look more real because it's supposed to be in more in real time. It gives you a shorter time span to, to make your posts. And so therefore the, I think the theory is that, that you're, you know, you can't spend uh, 45 minutes positioning yourself to, Oh, look at how great my life is or whatever. Uh, but uh, I, I just call it be fake quicker is my is my name my moniker for for this app because I'm watching my son or whoever in our house uh, I, he's the one I noticed doing it but uh but there's i I think they all do it but um he's like he's like doing something and taking a picture I'm like you know you weren't doing that five minutes ago all of a sudden you're just doing this like <laughs> you're just being fake quicker uh and it, it it it's just the technology is different from one generation in um the i think MIT did a study um it was primarily around facebook but it applies and in, in, in their in their discussion of it and in their statistics they said listen this applies to different platforms but it was because the facebook was amongst the first i mean there was myspace but that was not really done well um facebook came along and kind of perfected um unauthenticity <clears throat> and so so they largely they studied and because it was early you know there's more statistics available of the time span but they looked at millennials so and, and so so those who were 10 years old to 24 years old if i remember correctly and it was uh, it, those age groups if you were in those age groups from from 2000 to 2007 so basically just millennials. Um, and they said, then they did another comparison from 2007 to 2017. So a seven-year period followed by a 10-year period. It's not exactly the same. But what they said is, though, in that first, you know, that first seven-year period, really social media and Facebook and stuff wasn't really off the ground. I know it was invented in 2004, but it was still getting going. It wasn't what it is now and, and what it became in, the, in, the, in that second period. And they said those who, the, the, or in those years, suicide and depression was very stable in that age group. It, it didn't change from 2000 to 2007. But from, from 2007 on, or in that next 10-year period, as you not adding just just that social media, but there's other social medias coming along and 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 various things. 
that was the main one. Uh, suicide jumps 57%. 57%. That's not, you know, and, and to say that's consistent, and it's been consistent since then. Those are just when they did that study. But it's been consistent since then. This this growth and, and this problem of uh, of depression and various things as it just all of a sudden as social media has jumped. There's an undeniable link between social media. Uh, and so what is it? Well, it's obvious what it is. It's the comparison. Paul writes, um, he says, you know, it's foolish to compare yourselves by yourselves. It's foolish. And I think when we look at that statement, we first immediately jump to the obvious side. You know, those who, and that's true, those who view themselves as superior. I'm better than you. Well, that's foolish. That's stupid, right? It goes back to the old thing. Listen, you, 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 there's always going to be someone better, better, bigger, stronger, whatever the thing is, faster. There's always someone more than you at whatever it is. And you know, for you to compare yourself and think that you're the best, that's dumb. You're gonna you're going to uh, find that your your idea of yourself is going to get crushed. And that's the first way that we think of it, and and obviously that's foolishness. But but it is perhaps more foolish to judge yourself as inferior. And I say that the foolishness in that is in the effects that it's going to have on you as constantly comparing comparing yourself and saying i'm inferior they're better than me and 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 facebook is where that happens facebook is where primarily people go to try to make their own lives feel better it's 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 their country club i i have this i want to make i want to establish the this feeling and uh, it's just that the technology has changed. They're not paying massive dues to go into a building uh, on a golf course and and have sandwiches, you know, and fa- uh, you know, fancy cheese. But they're they're doing the same thing. They're they're trying to foster this idea of substance. They're 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 being fake, you know, in real time. Uh, and so it, it, this. This tendency underneath it, you can't help. You know who you are, right? You know who you are at home when when you're not on Facebook, and and then you're trying to manufacture an image, you, and and not only that, but then you're on there looking at other people who are probably doing the same thing, and you're like, oh, they're so perfect, oh, their life is so wonderful, oh, they're on vacation. How much in debt are they on for their vacation? Oh, they got a new car. How much are they in debt for their new car? And all these things that they're trying to do to sh- to impress you, and you're trying to impress them, and everybody's trying to impress each other with how great their life is, and probably everybody's, you know, not that when when they're not on the on the thing. So it, it's it's all superficial. Their life is completely superficial, and so there's this deficit. Uh, in a future podcast, because these run long, a little bit longer than I'd like, but uh, we're going to address how uh, how they how they deal with this feeling of deficit specifically. 
what they're doing other than Facebook. Um, but um, this is all very true of those who feel inferior. I think mostly uh, have the, the depressive thoughts, uh, the, the self-loathing that comes from the comparison. Um, this morning, i close kind of here, but uh, this morning, uh, because I want to give life application, I my my wife got up and there was a, a discussion on Facebook. Some you know, and and it, those appealed to me. And I, like she woke me up out of a sound sleep. Oh, there's a discussion on Facebook. Boom! Immediately I'm awake. Really, what what was it? There was a controversy, and it was over some religious topic. Immediately I was up and I was like forming all of my because I know like I know the topic. I won't even discuss it, but uh, I I know all of the arguments that this side uses, and I wanted to just, boom, I'm going to drop my opinions because my opinions, is, it, it's how I, as an older person, compare myself to other people. It's different. Right? It's how I position myself. And uh, I wanted to just jump in because you know, that's what I used to do. I don't really do that much. I'm hardly on Facebook. And I feel better, by the way. Uh, so, and I stopped myself. And this is what I want to, I want to give you is to give yourself liberty from social media. You don't have to. And that, that's the first thing I, I said to myself. I don't have to. I'm not required to share my opinions. Who cares? They don't care about my opinion. They already have their opinion. So we're just going to argue. And these are friends. And now we're just not going to be friends. You know, I, I could ruin relationships and friendships. Over my opinion. I, I don't have to. So in whatever way that you feel you have to compare yourself or be better or be smarter or be more successful, whatever the thing is that, that you want to go on social media and prove and, and, and get these feelings of, give yourself liberty from those feelings. Let yourself, allow yourself to be free. I don't have to. I'm not required to take a picture of myself doing some really awesome thing that I really don't ever do. You know, just to impress people. I don't have to impress people. I'm free from that. So uh, that would be my suggestion for you this week, to find those those moments where those pop up and, and you want to jump on and, and, and do whatever it is that to, to foster those feelings. Give yourself freedom from those and and encourage others to to make those same choices. And um, if you like this video, if, if this helps you at all, please share it and 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 subscribe and and um, I try to give these thoughts that that give us practical things uh, to do and improve our lives and to improve our emotional states, our mental states, and and ultimately, most importantly, our spiritual state, uh, and uh, to to improve our week. So go out there and have a good week.